0: Planet Football with John Bradley, Premier League, European and international. This is Planet Football on City Talk 105.9. Good evening to you. Just gone five o'clock across Merseyside and online across the world. This is your regular intake of the world of football, wherever it may be happening across the globe and my world. We've got a great show for you tonight because we are going to preview all this week's Champions League action. Two big games involving German teams this week. So who better to talk to? And A former German international, a legend of German football and a former Bayern Munich man as well, Dietmar Hamann is going to be joining us on Planet Football this week. We're also going to look back at what has happened in the world of football over the past seven days and we're going to look at the Europa League as well this coming Thursday night. We'll look at the Liverpool against Zenit game in particular but we'll also look at some crazy results that happened on Thursday night in the Europa League. Let's get cracking. then. Planet Football City Tour 105.9 And who better and who else do we start with? It's Daily Into Europe. Good evening, Roberto. Hello, mate. You right. Yeah, I'm good, mate. How are you?
1: Very good, thank you. Very good. Just getting ready for Arsenal buying.
0: I know, Paul. It's going to be uh, a very good game, isn't it?
1: Yeah, really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be... I know Arsenal had their bad weekend result, but the two midfield battles in this game is what I'm really looking forward to Well, seeing. listen, we
0: can't talk too much about this game, because yeah. that's exactly going to steal Dietmar Hamann's thunder when we get him on. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't want to get in Diddy's way. <laughs> listen, how could you even dare to talk about a German team <laughs> with Diddy coming on the phone? It's absolutely ludicrous. Okay. Where were you at the weekend, my friend?
1: Uh, what was I doing? God, I can't even remember now. Oh, Oldham Everton. Oh, Oldham, did you, Everton, Oldham I did. Everton, did you?
0: Yeah, I did. Yeah. I mean, we had Dean Furman on the show last week, didn't we? The South African. And he was very decent, wasn't he in the game?
1: Yeah, he came on and he's quite. A, he's quite a muscly lad. I hadn't really noticed that, but he came on and was started imposing himself on the game, and it. When Oldham did make their changes, I thought there was a momentum shift and um, got their equaliser. I don't know how they're struggling down the wrong end of the league in League One. I have no idea how. I think
0: think Everton will coast through, but with the uh, aid of the replays.
1: Agreed. Yeah, agreed.
0: Right, let's get underway, mate, because there's so much to talk about uh, over the next, what, 15, 20, 30 minutes that we've got you for. Um, I think we've got to start in Holland this week, because Steve McLaren is... Facing the boot at Enskede, FC 20 haven't won in 2013. There were some rather nasty banners at their game at the uh, at the weekend as well, weren't there?
1: Yeah, Steve, go home was the big one that <laughs> the cameras really focused on. Rather to the point, isn't it really? I know. I know. What we should say is these were all in English as well. <laughs> yeah, which of course is uh, Steve's second language these days. <laughs> uh, so yeah, a, a very disappointing result of the weekend. Uh, Villanovia having a horrible season uh, down the wrong end of the table, and and to did create themselves plenty of chances, only took one through Douglas's goal. Uh, but then they conceded one late on. Incidentally, it was deflected, so you could argue there was some misfortune there. But then after that, and added on time, Villante had another chance um, and put it wide. It was almost an open goal, so they could have actually won it. Um, and despite having won the title with that club, you know, uh, in his first spell uh, in Enskede, it doesn't seem to carry much weight these days because the fans want him out.
0: Twente are third in the table, aren't they? The six points behind PSV and three behind Ajax. But I think the problem is that the fans have with the way that they're playing, isn't it? I think if you play open attacking football, which is the brand that won them the league a few seasons ago, but they don't seem to be playing like that now.
1: That's not Steve McLaren's particular style, is it? I mean, he's always been very efficient in getting the most out of teams. But, you know, they lost a big player in Luke de Jong. I know he's only young, but... He was a leader on the pitch, had a goal scorer up front for them. So he has been a big loss, and they were in the title race. Um, So, I mean, you'd look at it and say, well, they're above final. That's still quite good, but completely agree the brand of football isn't what they want. And in previous seasons, Twente have been playing good football. We've seen it in the Champions League. We've seen it in the Europa League, Um, particularly when they're in that Champions League group with um, Spurs and Inter a few years ago, playing great stuff, but it just isn't happening for them.
0: Now, the other really interesting league is Portugal. Yes, I know it's Porto (laughs) and Benfica (laughs) going head-to-head for the title, and it happens every year, but at least they're keeping it interesting. Now, Benfica only just won at the weekend. Um, It was a very tight game, last-minute penalty, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, Lima getting that penalty, and Benfica had had a host of chances, which they were unable to take, but Academicon... Pushovers, you know they beat Atletico in the way for Europa League this season, so they're a good side. But still, uh, you look at the game, the league table, right? Porto played 19, won 15, drawn five. Benfica with an identical record, just five more goals conceded. They've actually scored the same amount of goals as well. So it's just because Porto have been a bit tighter at the back um, that, that they're top of the league at the minute. Um, I think Porto are a better side, and they have their Champions League coming up. So it's whether that stretches them. Um, but, well, but Benfica, Martin, yes,
0: Benfica had um, a tough game, didn't he, last Thursday as well in the Europa League?
1: Yeah, they did indeed, and it's always going to be hard coming back into European competition. I mean, I was going to say this about other teams, but, you know, th- these, this is the way it works. You have to be able to play to, to fight on all these different fronts. Um so, you know, it's going to be interesting in Porto playing Malaga this week. So, But Jackson Martinez, I mean, we're trying to avoid um, <laughs> saying he's an ex-Falcal. You know, we really don't want to say he's an ex-Falcal. Don't say he's an ex-Falcal. But his goal at the weekend was so falcao
0: Listen, listen, his goal-scoring record is better than Radamel Falcao's.
1: Unbelievable, For isn't Porto.
0: It? In terms of their seasons at Porto, Falcao has a better goal-scoring... Re- uh, sorry, Jackson Martinez has a better goal-scoring ratio.
1: Astonishing. And I wonder if it's something to do with what they're teaching them at Porto because they've brought in Jackson Martinez, And what I've always liked about Falcao is the off-the-ball movement, mm. you know, how he pulls players away. Chelsea didn't know how to handle him in the Super Cup. And you see uh, the goal from Jackson Martinez at the weekend against Biramar where he, he just pulls away from central defenders and he does that before the ball's even been played and then he's got the space to get his shot away. Unbelievable signing and I can't think of a team in Europe with a better recruiting system than them.
0: Uh, in terms of next year at the World Cup, there is the potential for Jackson Martinez and Falcao to be a front two together.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, quite astonishing. And uh, yeah, I mean, that, I mean, obviously Colombia hasn't had a great deal of international success in recent times, but they seem to be breeding, you know, a good group of, of forwards anyway. Um, so yeah. I mean that's a frightening thought for anyone. Heaven forbid being the two centre halves trying to mark those two.
0: Yeah, listen, let's let's go over to Italy now because I want to talk about a man that I wish I was. I, if if there was one man I've always wanted to be in football, it's this man. и опять тоже полный порядок со стандартом он отсюда и пробить может вспоминаем гол Лацио. удар ещё один how much do I want to commentate like that <laughs> we just
1: can't do it in this country can we no. Go totty, totty,
0: totty. let's uh let's let's explain what it was because Francesco totti scored an absolutely unbelievable strike uh, it was the goal that beat the leaders Juventus um at the weekend if you actually watch the shot from side on, it's too fast for the camera. The man. Oh really? Yeah, it's too fast for the it's camera. It's
1: a rocket, isn't it? I mean, uh, he really it's, hits it. Buffon had no chance. Yeah, for this.
0: he's 37 this year, Francesco Totti.
1: Astonishing. I mean, you sort of look at players who've had one club throughout their career. They yeah. score those goals. That's. I mean, Gerrard is probably the closest we had they're not similar players I no. it'd be fair to say I think but one club man captain leader and banged in that goal uh, a bad result for Juve um, but worth noting that they went into that game that was their fourth game in 13 days uh, and Roma had played two in six. it was their second in 16 days yeah. they looked lethargic and short on ideas they went with Um, Pucinich and Matri up front again which has been the pairing for the last few games but um, that just seems to have taken its toll on the Turin club a little bit and uh, Totti with that goal making them pay.
0: Listen he is a hero isn't he he and Del Piero uh, you know, are the two that you look at as as the iconic figures of Italian football really over the last few years Um, Speaking of uh, iconic figures Manchester City are offering £100 million for a Milan striker who can't stop scoring.
1: (laughs) So Mario Balotelli, right? <laughs> <laughs> They're not, by the way. He's, suckers. Uh, he, he's, he is worth... Not, he's not just scoring goals. He's scoring absolutely vital goals. His first game, he got that two goals on his debut, including a last-minute penalty. He got the late equaliser against Cagliari, so that was three and two, and he scored the winner against Parma, uh, a stunning free kick with 12 minutes to play. Uh, Berlusconi's been talking about him this week, about how you know, the impact he's had at the club, the impact he's had in the city, mm. and how if they can just keep him behaving off the field. Um, because with Balotelli, it's all, always normally quite cheeky little things he's up to. But he doesn't misbehave. I know. Yeah, well, he, just, he just gets up to mischief. He just gets up to little things. Yeah. He? I know. It's not a, he's,
0: like, he's like one of those kids at school. He's not one of the bad kids. He's not going to end up with an Asbo, but he's going to be one of them, like, <laughs> cheeky kids that's always going to be sort of like you know just on the wrong side of teacher.
1: I think Mario Balotelli wouldn't listen to an asbo anyway. <laughs> I think he'd, he'd completely ignore it. Um so uh, another vital goal for him a wonderful free kick and uh, he seems very happy there. He's going to be, you know, he's very he's going to be quite match fit and fresh because he you know he was in and out of the Manchester City team. Um uh, but he seems to be spurring Milan on and it could be vital for them getting into the you wait for Champions League spots because now they're level on points with Lazio, who are in third.
0: I want to talk about Napoli in a minute because I want to talk about them in relation to the Europa League and the ridiculous result at home. But have mm. they now chucked the Europa League to try and focus on catching Juve in Serie A?
1: There were changes for the midweek defeat, um, so you'd argue yes. And we talked about it last week on the show where Edison Cavani was speaking very much like... If we're going to do it at any time, we have to win the title now. Yeah. You know, we're close to Juve, and I think the team will be broken up. Uh, well, the, the the key players might leave the football club in particular, uh, Edison Cavani, of course. So uh, a very disappointing weekend for them in the end. I mean, you know, a goalless draw with Sampdoria, yeah. a side of the bottom half of the table, a wasted chance to really put pressure on Juve when they're fighting on... on Two fronts like Napoli, but an, a very mo- a more difficult one in the Champions League.
0: We are going to talk about the Bundesliga with Didi Hamann uh, in a short while. But just let's let's round up what happened over the weekend because Dortmund won the big game. They beat fourth place uh, Eintracht, Eintracht, Eintracht <laughs> Frankfurt three nil. Bayern won on Friday at mm. now faded Wolfsburg, who are only one place but ten points above the relegation zone. And Leverkusen beat Augsburg, didn't they? Yeah,
1: they did. Uh, a good result for Leverkusen after they lost to Benfica uh, in the UEFA Europa League, so they probably just needed a to get themselves some points. Um, A couple of things I want to talk about here. Uh, For Bayern, Ian Robin came off the bench. He was given 10 minutes against Wolfsburg, and your has said he's never seen him work so hard in all his career because Robin is not happy uh, about not playing in the first team. He came out after the match and said, you know, the manager knows how I feel. You all know how I feel. I want to play. I want to play against Arsenal. I want to play week in, week out. And he's not getting that berth of the minute. His fitness has been such an issue during his whole time uh, at Bayern. Um, so he's not happy at the minute. We had Mario Gomez saying one thing early last week where he wasn't sure about his future at the club, and then he said he wanted to stay. So, despite the fact that Bayern are 15 points clear, um, all not necessarily completely well behind the scenes with Guardiola coming in the summer. But uh, Marco Royce for the hat-trick for Dortmund and where were the English clubs in the summer when he was up for grabs? I know, and
0: when I saw him play for Munchenglad back against Liverpool years ago mm. and, and, and I said, look, and I, I will openly go back to anyone who watches the commentary that I did on that game and say I went through the entire game saying, look, this boy is going to be an absolute superstar and he is a superstar.
1: Absolutely incredible player. And, and bear in mind as well that Dortmund were without Lewandowski the weekend after he was sent off against Hamburg. Mm. So a very good week for Dortmund, I think. That 2-2 Schachter in the Champions League was a very good result. After they lost 4-1 at home to Hamburg, they just sort of self-destructed at the weekend before. And then um, Marco Roy stepped up and was the man to get the goals in Lewandowski's hat- in absence. A really well-taken hat-trick, combining with Goethe, Absolutely beautifully, um, and he looks like one of the buys of the season. I think they spent about 16 million 17 million quid on him, but um, absolutely great buy
0: as we all know though there was only one goal that mattered this week. Are you just gonna keep playing that? I am gonna keep playing it for about the next six months. Francesco Totti is a hero of mine, and just the way that he did it, it was amazing. Rob stay there. We'll be right back in a moment with a preview of the Champions League. And we'll also have a good look at the Europa League as well. But we'll that's the roundup of what's happened in the European Leagues this weekend. This is Planet Football on 105.9 City Talk with me, John Bradley, and with Daily Into Europe with Rob Daly. <laughs> This is Planet Football with John Bradley. City Talk 105.9. Welcome back to Planet Football this Tuesday evening. We are celebrating one incident over the weekend. relative тоже, полный порядок со Он отсюда и пробить может. удар, I'll never get tired of playing that, I swear. You'll probably all get bored of listening to it. Uh, Before we get underway with a preview of the Champions League, let's just deal with uh, a quick piece of Eastern European football news. It'll probably be interesting to people because they're trying to reincorporate a Soviet league um, over in sort of Ukraine, Russia and all those countries around there, Belarus uh, around there. And and basically it's Gazprom-driven. They sponsor Zenit, they sponsor the Champions League. Um... Rob, it's getting quite interesting because Ukraine's FA have so we want no part of this.
1: Yeah, they have. Um, they seem to want to keep their league very much independent and don't want to cross over with, with Russian football. And of course, back in the day when it was the uh, Soviet Union, all these teams were playing each other in domestic football anyway. That's right, yeah. Um, so it is going to be interesting. I mean, uh, so the concern of the, a lot of the clubs is that they won't meet financial fair play regulations yeah. with their separate leagues at the minute, that the money coming in... Won't quite work out for them, whereas if they have a whole thing, you know, if you're having Shakhtar, Donetsk for example, suddenly playing Zenit, that's a massive game, isn't it? Um, And you have these more regular fixtures in uh, domestic football. Gazprom want it to happen and they say it's a possibility because they think UEFA may give it approval, um, but it might cause some problems.
0: Well, I think that the main problem would be that if Ukrainian teams started playing Russian teams and Belarus teams, that then you would lose the national identity of the country if you were playing in one league, because surely you, you wouldn't then be able to play in European or national composition as, like, Ukraine. It's been, it, it it's been the fear here, to, yeah, hasn't
2: it? I exactly. mean, you, you look at the, the,
1: the different football associations who oppose Team GB for fear of losing their uh, independent FA. Yeah. Uh, right. I think that would be the fear. Uh, I, you, you'd have to say, well, you'd have thought, you know, you could, you've got to have a Ukraine. To, I mean, these are huge countries, aren't they? Half of them, um, but I can imagine that would be the concern, and they're all just maybe trying to nip it in the bud. But it's an interesting idea. I, I, I originally thought there was going to be something where it co-runs with their domestic leagues as well. Am I right? That they were going to have exactly have a that's Ukrainian what it's gonna and Russian. Yeah, it
0: was going to be like a Eastern European Champions. That's League it, right? Yeah, I think well, it'd be great to watch. I know, but there's no room to get it in with a no. I know. No, know, they unless, they winter, they? The mi- unless they were going to play in the unless they were going to play in the middle of winter, which obviously is the whole point of them yeah. shutting down for winter because it's too cold to play. They'd have to unless play they were going to play it, wouldn't they? Yeah, playing <laughs> Marbella, playing Dubai, which is where they play. Shakhtar played Zenit in Dubai yeah. you know, just a few weeks ago. Yeah. Right. Well, we'll we'll deal with that when it comes up. But I can't ever see that happening. Let's crack on because there are uh, two games we need to feature in the Champions League this week. Obviously, we're going to talk about Bayern Arsenal with Didi and Schalke versus Galatasaray with Didi uh, in uh, part three of the programme tonight. But it's uh, Porto and Malaga. And, and, and you can't help but admire Malaga this year.
1: Absolutely. A uh, team who lost a lot of players, key players last summer. You know, we, we've all seen the effect that Calzul has had here. So imagine losing that type of player from your team. Uh, Rondon went on to... Uh, Ruben Kazan. Yeah, and scored goals. And scored goals. In fact, scored against Atletico last week. He did indeed. We'll talk about that in a minute. And, uh, you know, it's 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 been difficult for them, but they've coped. And I think the person who's come out of it best and you look at Isco and you say, well, he's one of the next talents of Spanish football.
0: Won his first cap, didn't he, as well? He did
1: indeed uh, in the defeat to Uruguay. Ago. Yeah, yeah uh, in the win over Uruguay, I should yeah. say. But uh, the manager, Pellegrini, I think, has come out You know, looking absolutely fantastic from this season. He hasn't complained publicly about the sudden disappearance of all the money. Um, He's just got on with the job, and he's recruited well with the limited resources he's had. And Malaga, you know, they're they're back on the Champions League spots domestically, and I mean top four because they won't be able to play in the competition next season because they haven't met some of the financial fair play things. Um, But what a entertaining team they've been, and so are Porto. Well, you have these big grandstand matches each night, and it's ha- it's really bizarre how the competitions worked out. You've got sort of Arsenal, Bayern one night, uh, Milan, Barca another night. But the the, the second games so were all these really interesting little ties. Um, I can't wait for Malaga, Porto.
0: I was in the Dragao last season. I've never been there before, and it's an amazing stadium as well. It's a wonderful atmosphere in there. Uh, those two, st- I mean, the, those two big stadiums over in uh, in Portugal. You know, the Dragao and. Uh, 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 and the Estádio de Luz, mm. as it is uh, in Lisbon for Benfica, amazing stadiums, uh, and there are great support out there. I think that uh, I think we've got a fancy Porto in this one, haven't we?
1: I would go with Porto. Um, they are very much focused on things domestically. It's just whether they find it hard to fight on both fronts because it's so tight at the top. You know, you don't want to drop points one mm. week, suddenly he gives up Benfica the the upper hand. Um, but I would say Porto with a stronger team, but Malaga have absolutely surprised us. They thrashed Zenit, very comfortably beat AC Milan, cruised through their group. I think they qualified with two games to play. In fact, I think Porto and Malaga were the first teams to qualify for the round of 16, and bizarrely, they meet each other. Um, so, yeah, really interesting tie there, and hopefully it doesn't get lost amid all the Arsenal buying talk, which in itself will be a great game.
0: Well, interesting ties. Milan-Barcelona. <laughs> I think Barcelona yeah. will absolutely coast through No Balotelli, of course.
1: Yes, yeah, so no Mario Balotelli, of course, having played for Manchester City in the competition this season. I think it's a bit of a shame that we don't get to see Balotelli against Barcelona. He, he did have a trial there, I think, when he was quite young, and there's pictures of him in Barcelona kit. Uh, but the onus will be on Stefanel Chiralli, he's forming quite a nice partnership And he's, up he's from, done
0: brilliant in the Champions League this year, hasn't he? He's really been an eye-opening player.
1: I don't think anyone expected this sort of development from mm. him. You know, already an Italian senior international. He was very peripheral because he was so young when Ibrahimović was at the club. Um, but, you know, he's, he's been their main man this season. Getting Allegri, maybe keeping Allegri in the job at points, Across the season yeah. in the AC Milan yeah, a managerial post, um,
0: I mean, but we we didn't mention La Liga because Barcelona have already won it in our roundup. Yeah. But, but he scored twice again at the weekend. Uh, did uh, Lionel Messi three hundred and three hundred and one mm. in terms of goals? Legal goals three hundred, <laughs> handball goals one.
1: Yeah, th- th- there's a brilliant. Cl- I know we're fans are playing the foreign commentary now on the show. There's a YouTube clip of that goal where. I can't understand, I don't speak Spanish, but the commentator's just going, Messi, da-da-da-da, Maradona, da-da-da, Messi, da-da-da, Maradona. Uh, so you get an idea of what the goal was like.
0: Yes, uh, but I mean, they were losing at Granada at the weekend, but they made a load of changes, didn't they?
1: They did, and you can understand why. Uh, there's one player I think they're a bit worried about now, and it is Alexis Sanchez having spent a lot of money to bring him to the club from Udinese. I thought
0: actually in the last couple of weeks, though, he would started to look more at home with them.
1: It, he had a bad one at the weekend. Right, I, I didn't we, see it. So, yeah, I, I think the prolo- It's been hit and miss with him, and they spent what was it, forty million euros yeah. or thirty-five million euros on him. Uh, he missed a sitter, and when they needed to change the game, they took him off on the hour mark and brought on Teo. Yeah. So who's who's the young player, wide player, very exciting, but it just gives you an idea of where he is. But Messi got them out of jail. Um, a delightful free kick, very like Balotelli's this weekend, and. You know, he'll just keep knocking these milestones down every week.
0: I just can't see Milan beating them over two games.
1: No, I I can't either. And I thought Milan actually did reasonably well against them in the Champions League last season because mm. they met in the groups and then uh, Milan got knocked out by Barca in the, the knockout rounds. Of course. I can't... I can't see it either. I can't see it either, mate. And they can... The thing is, Milan can't aff- afford to change things at the weekend and rest players, Barca, with that huge lead at the top of the league, can. Um, yeah. But 11 European cups between them, what pedigree, eh? I know, it's an
0: amazing contest, yeah, yeah. isn't it? It's too huge. Not quite as mouth watering, I don't think, as Real Manchester United, because obviously Milan aren't what they were a, a few seasons no. ago. Let's look at the Europa League this coming Thursday. Um, there were two obscene results last week. Napoli nil, Victoria pulls in three.
1: Extraordinary game. I, I, I've commented on Pilsen bizarrely a few times over the past couple of seasons because they had a, a nice little appearance anyway for Champions League last season. Of course, Schalke had some problems in the Europa League before mm. being knocked out. But to win three nil at Napoli, quite extraordinary. Um, they did make changes uh, aside from Naples, but nothing catastrophic but they just got absolutely torn apart and part of the thing was Napoli were creating but um Victoria Pilsen were just clinical i think they had something like four or five attempts on yeah, goal and scored three sweet, of them yeah. you know it's you look at Juve the other night you know, against Celtic, they didn't create a great deal until the last 10 minutes, but just took each chance brilliantly.
0: What is it about the Spanish sunshine and Rubin Kazan, the team that <laughs> went to Barcelona the other year, uh, when Barcelona were, you know, invincible as it would be, and uh, went and won at the Camp Nou, Alexander de golden shot from 35 yards, and mm. then they went and did a real job on Atletico the other night.
1: So, when 2-0 there, it was so impressive. Atletico really looked short on ideas for me. Um, and they, they got their goal early, Rubin. Um, Rondon. Gertini, it was Rondon's shot, saved mm. to Denise Caradine. Yeah. And he just followed it up. So, another great European night in Spain for him. Uh, and then, I think, I, the decision... So, so Atletico 1-0 down and battering 10-man Rubin Kazan. You can't break down Rubin Kazan, as, as you know. Yeah, They're yeah. really resolute, aren't they? But they sent up the goalkeeper for a corner. Now, bear in mind, it's the end of the first home leg. And then, obviously, what happens, in the 95th minute, they lose the ball from the corner. Goalkeeper's out of his box, and Pablo Obaiz just walks the ball into the net. I think... For an on-field decision from Diego Simeone, I love him. I think he's a great manager. It's one of the worst decisions I've seen yeah, on it, a field.
0: It was bizarre, wasn't it? Because it's so strange. You can understand it if it's the second leg, but you just don't really understand what he's doing exactly. if it's the first leg. It's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, and, I, and you know, just for a goal... Home, away goals obviously count more if you level on aggregate. So to get a home goal last minute... It wasn't that important. No.
0: Because they're going to have to score away anyway, aren't they? Exactly.
1: I I was flabbergasted, if I can use that word on Planet Football.
0: Pablo Orbaith, by the way. What a surprise scorer as well. Uh, The great game of the night was Lazio 3, Borussia Mönchengladbach 3, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely brilliant stuff. And, um... Lazio among the goals, you know, despite the fact that they're um, missing closers. So that's a great tie set up there. Lazio will host the the second leg against Borussia Mönchengladbach. It hasn't been a great time for Italian clubs in European football really since Inter won the Champions League. It's been a bad time for Serie A on the continent Mm -hmm. anyway. Um, So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that second leg but Lazio have some very good players third at the minute yeah um, I think they'll fancy their chances
2: in that definitely to
0: be uh, I always thought Metallist Kharkiv would get a result at Newcastle I think that the English press underrated them I think they were a lot better and they showed in Europe last season they're more than capable of turning Newcastle over uh, and I think they'll complete the job after a nil-nil draw in the second leg this week
1: they seem to have worked out European football you know, it's still a name that I think the average football fan would look at and go, who were Metallists? You know, yeah. you might not even know what country they're from. Exactly. Um, but doing a, getting a great result with Newcastle, who have had a, a mixed season, obviously. Uh, and bear in mind as well, as we both know, Metallists have probably lost their best player yeah. in Tyson, who's gone to Shakhtar Donetsk for, you know, uh, something like €15 million. Euros. Yeah, yeah. So, um, But it didn't seem to affect them, and that is going to be a very very tricky trip to Newcastle. This season in Europe, if you get a nil-nil away from home, that's a great result. You know, great result.
0: Definitely. Um, Tottenham-Leon basically, Leon would have won that game, but for Gareth Bale. Yeah. Yeah. Bale's basically (laughs) as good as anyone now, isn't
1: he? Uh, Just what form is he in? I I, I was speaking to someone else the other day, and they were saying, well, is he in, uh, you know, the bracket below Messi and Ronaldo? You know, because they're obviously... I would say he is. You say it's, I would say he is, yeah. My thing is, he has these little bursts where he does really well. Yeah. And then it, and then we don't, hear, we don't hear anything about him for five, six weeks. Mm, and I then, think that's
0: different this year, though. You think
1: it's di- that's, mm. Okay, well, that's my thing. It's whether this is, if this is the real deal now, whether this is happening, uh, what a player he's turning into. You know, it's, it's all very well creating stuff and, and doing all the exciting runs, but winning matches, if you're winning matches for your team, you know, and getting them points, he's doing it, isn't he?
0: Yeah. The big game, by the way, uh, of next weekend is PSG uh, against Marseille. And uh, I know, obviously, PSG have played already in the Champions League. They're focusing against Marseille, but uh, they got beat by Sochaux last week, didn't they? So that's a big game, isn't it? Well, we... I, didn't we say that Ligue 1 was done?
1: Yeah, last yeah, week? We yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> and they've lost twice in They've
1: lost twice. Yeah. And, um, and Lyon, uh, their form's been really erratic because the, the thing we've been saying about French football on this show is no one can seem to take control of the league. Um, but, you know, PSG were suddenly extending their league at the top and then they lose <laughs> to Saussure. And Lyon going to Bordeaux and winning 4-0. I mean, quite an extraordinary result there for Farner among the scorers. He's a midfielder. Yeah. You know, French international player who's going to be regularly. Looks quality. Uh, it looks exciting again. So, Marseille can close the gap to two points, I think, if they win against Paris Germain. What are games about? Is Is Joey Barton back for that? He is, it's, yes. He's yeah. back
0: now. He played at the weekend, so it should be quite interesting. Yeah. Listen, Rob, you have a great week. Thanks very much. We've just about touched on every single facet of European football there with Rob Daly, haven't we? No rock on uh, You can always guarantee Rob to cover every single aspect of European football. Great roundup of the European leagues and the preview of the Champions League as well. On the way next on Planet Football, we're speaking to Dietmar Hamann. <laughs> Football, City Talk 105.9. Welcome back to Planet Football this Tuesday evening, a big week of Champions League football and Europa League football as well. It is also time to talk about the amazing growth, really. I suppose it hasn't grown that much of German football, but there are two big Champions League games this week involving Schalke Nulfia and Galatasaray. And of course, the big game, which is tonight which is the one between Arsenal and Bayern Munich, or FC Bayern München, as they are known in Champions League circles. And who better to talk to about it than a former Bayern player and a man that knows the Bundesliga and, of course, England, and Liverpool in particular, inside-out, Didi Hamann. Didi, good evening. Good evening. How are you doing? you okay?
2: I'm good, thank you.
0: Good. I know you were at uh, at Anfield at the weekend, weren't you? It was uh, a bit of a thumping game, that, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, it was. I think... uh... Swansea had more than one eye on the on the cup final next week, which is obviously a massive game for them to get into the into Europe next season. But um, yeah, Liverpool done the job very well, and they they finished or they start finishing teams off now, and they should do. Yeah, it's true. I think this is something that's been lacking in the first half of the season, and uh, yeah, good performance, and obviously a massive game of Thursday now.
0: daily what is it about German football that is making it so attractive now to everyone? Everyone wants to watch it
2: well i think it it was always uh, uh a good, good standard in in the Bundesliga but I think with the emergency of quite a few young very, very bright young talent. So I think the, the the quality of the of the Bundesliga uh, went to another level. Uh, some good foreigners over there, especially in, in, in Bayern Munich. They attracted Martinez, who was wanted by most European clubs or top clubs. Uh, he chose uh, Bayern Munich ahead of uh, other teams. And yeah, the I think you've seen it in the in Europe this season. There were seven teams. Uh, all seven teams got through to the knockout stages, even though in the Europa League I, I don't think any of the German teams won. Mm. Um, but yeah, they they are certainly a force because they are very healthy, financially healthy clubs. Uh, they can buy players when they want to, and uh, yeah, the, the attendance is high, and the, and the whole the whole league is really booming still from the from the World Cup. They never never looked back. 2006, They had a fantastic summer with the World Cup, and since then uh, they went from strength to strength.
0: I've been watching it very closely. I know last week you watched the Borussia Dortmund uh, and Shakhtar Donetsk game. I thought Shakhtar were maybe a little out of touch for the first half an hour, which is understandable for a team that that, that hasn't played for the best part of two months. But Mario Götze just just showed, didn't he, what a talent he is?
2: Yeah, he, he was outstanding, and uh, he set up two goals again on uh, on Saturday. I think they played on Sunday. Uh, two. Uh, win three 0 Royce got a hat trick. These these are the the two brightest stars probably in in German football. I've got to say, Brennus, you're an expert. I, I was a little bit disappointed by Schalke. I thought they they threatened Dortmund a little bit more because defensively they uh, they can be tested Dortmund. Um, but maybe that winter break, uh, mm. you know, didn't uh, wasn't in their favour. Then again, I think they they're used to it. But I think they they'll be a lot sharper. Uh, in the return leg like in two weeks' time, and, um, you know, it's still a lot to play for, even though the way Dortmund controlled the game, I, I really fancy them to go into the last eight now.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think also, you know, that Villian's departure to Angie mm-hmm. Makachikala and Tyson coming in, I, I yeah. don't think he really settled in that well. I don't think Luis Adriano up front is the greatest. I think that's one area that they're lacking. But, you know, you look at Mkhitaryan, who's an obvious threat, uh, Alex share Douglas Costa, players like that are all very talented. But they're, they're quite a, you know, a formulated, rigid team. You sort of know what to expect from them. They're a good team and they can score goals. But I think that you know it was a step up for them against Dortmund.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, they they got out of uh, out a tough group with uh, Chelsea and Juventus. They've done ever so well to uh, to get out yeah. there. I think Fernandinho in midfield was absolutely outstanding in the first leg. Uh, he's another uh, a big player for them, and they're a dangerous team. You can't underestimate them because, as you say, they they've got goals in them. Um, but Dortmund, with the with the home crowd behind them, you know they don't need to win a a 0 or a one one theoretically. What will take them through. Um, I think they're strong favourites now.
0: Let's talk about the two games this week, Dee because obviously, uh, Schalke are having a terrible time in the Bundesliga, but the, but they sauntered through their group. The the group that had <laughs> Arsenal in it. I know Olympiacos and Montpellier. Weren't great in the Champions League this year and they were expected to go through, but they really did coast through. But but they're still having problems domestically, aren't they?
2: They're big problems, yeah. They, um, you know, even though you say that they've not got the best uh, pedigree in, in European football, you've got to beat these teams. The French team and the Greek team, Olympiakos, you know, that it's very hostile when you go there. Um, you know, the way they went through, I think, was very impressive. But in the league, I think, before Christmas, they uh, lost four or, or didn't win in five or six games, which um, uh, followed by the departure by, by Hoops Davins. They put over Christmas, or the, the the last game before Christmas, and the last cup game they played, which they lost to Mainz. They put the under-16 manager in charge, Jens Kelley. Mm. Uh, it was a bold move. It was a brave move, but... Uh, as it is now, as it looks now, it's, it, it starts to backfire Hostel, The general director or general manager uh, took a big gamble there. And uh, they, they already, you know, the fans already called for the new manager's head after five or six games. They're having a bad time in the league, had a half-decent result on Saturday uh, with a one-all draw away to Mines, But, um, you know, they, they, they're in a bad spot at the moment. And I think Galatasaray, uh, you know, the, the, the circumstances couldn't be any any more different. You've got one team here who just signed two of the brightest players even though they may be past their best Mm. uh, with a tremendous Champions League history and on the other side you've got a team, uh, lose one of the best players in Louis Holtby, they've got a, a youth team coach put into charge Um, and and things are very dire, Uh, so it couldn't be more different. And I think uh, Galatasaray's got a golden opportunity to take care of Schalke because, as I said, I think they're in a very bad spot at the moment.
0: I know, uh, in terms of Drogba, we know all about him. We've seen him so many times down the years. Schneider's, I don't know, he's an enigma. I mean, you're the perfect person. You're a great midfielder. Is is he that good? Was he that good? Or, Or is the hype a little overstated about him?
2: Well, if you look at the top top midfielders, you know if you look at the Barcelona team, if you look at uh, players in the past, um, you know I don't think he's he's in that uh, category. I think he's a very talented player, um, but I think if you want to be classed a, a world class player, you've got to do that over a certain number of years, and uh, I don't think he's done that. He's been on and off. He switches it on and off. He had a very good year when when Inter won the Champions League in 2010 uh, under Mourinho. Mm. But apart from that, uh, you know, it's been stop-starting. Uh, the fact that he hasn't played for a, for, for a long time now for Inter, uh, maybe tells a tale in itself. I think he's only 29. Mm. Uh, so you will think he's got a, a, at least another three or four years in him. Uh, the fact that he goes to Turkey... Social lack of desire. You know, we'll see. We'll see how good they are. Uh, you know, if 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 he did make the right move, or if he thinks he did make the right move, they've got to take care of Schalke because I I would have liked to see him in the Premier League. How he adapts there, and I I think you need to prove your worth in in these leagues. And um, you know, I I I would have rather seen him go to a, a more competitive league and, and Turkey. Yes, it is a good league, but uh, you know, it's not in the same it's not in the same league as um as the English, the German, or the or the or the French league, yeah. On the Spanish, obviously.
0: Do you think that? Do you think that the Galatasaray may just edge out Schalke in this yeah. one?
2: I think they will. As I said, there's one team on the, you know how, how important momentum is in football, confidence, momentum. I think I will think one team, uh, you know, really fancy their chances now with these two players, and the other team is really going downhill over the last uh, eight weeks or ten weeks. And I think it's a very good opportunity. Uh, first game at Galatasaray. If they they get a one or two goal lead without conceding. I think uh, Galatasaray's got a very good chance. Drop, but is only six months ago since he won the Champions League. Uh, I don't think that uh, six or eight months stint in China would have done him too much harm. Uh, He's still a force. Schneider's got a point to prove I think he will want to show uh, that he's still capable of uh, performing on the big stage. Uh, And I do fancy Galatasaray to uh, take care of Schalke.
0: Now, what about the Arsenal-Bayern game? Bayern have already won the Bundesliga. They might as well just stop playing that now, hadn't they? They're, They're so far clear. I mean i yeah, can't they, I can't see Arsenal getting a result in either game, to be honest with you,
2: yeah sorry. the only thing is you know you can't underestimate Arsenal because you know that if they if they are on a going they they can score in two, threes, and fours um having said that Bayern Munich conceded one goal away from home in the league this season eleven games, I think uh, That's a ludicrous,
0: against, re- it's a ludicrous return, that isn't it yeah
2: yeah they they conceded seven all season in the league and one away from home, so um you know they don't concede a lot of goals and score score plenty going forward. Gomez came back in the team. Robin came back in the team. I don't think they'll be playing uh, against Arsenal this week. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we've uh, you've got to you've got to try with us. Just got to got to try get a bit of momentum, maybe score an early goal, and and see what happens. On form, um, you know, it's a foregone conclusion. But then again, if you if you know the Champions League, uh, we've had opposites in the past. Uh, you can't take anything for granted. Uh, but on on form, if you look. The form book. Uh, it's very hard to see any other outcome than a than a Bayern Munich uh, victory in Bayern Munich going through.
0: I mean, you look you look through the team and, it, and it's pretty much the same team every year with the odd addition. Alaba has come in and he looks a wonderful talent, doesn't he?
2: Yeah, he's done uh, ever so well. He's uh, he came in, he played in centre midfield. He you know plays left back now. He's mm. the penalty taken now because Müller was uh, on the bench last. Uh, Last week, he doesn't shirk responsibility. He's taking penalties, uh, and the the kid has come come on leaps and bounds. Yeah, he's, he's still in his, I think, early 20s. Uh, and what a player he's been for them. He's versatile, as I said. He can play uh, one position further forward on the left or in centre midfield, and uh, yeah, he's been a real fine And obviously gives the manager the chance to play Philip Lam on the other side, where he didn't play a lot, but which is his preferred position. Really, he wants to play on the right. Uh, even though he, he he made his name really on the left-hand side. and uh, no, in, in Dante, they, they found a good player, a good centre-half, uh, which um, you know uh, made sure they uh, could um, compensate the a tube injury, who's, who's out with a crucial ligament. But they've got Van Boyden there, they've got tank, They've got plenty of options at the back.
0: Is that the weak area for them, Van Boyden? I mean, a lot of people are saying that's where Arsenal can get at them.
2: Well, they've you know people say that, but if you look at their record, then it's 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 very hard to argue that they they haven't really got a, a problem in defence because they hardly concede any goals. Yeah. Uh, they've got uh, in my eyes probably the best keeper in the world uh, between the sticks in, in Manuel Neuer. Yeah, and uh, you know I think also the, uh, the, best,
0: the alarm's the best fullback in the world as well isn't he just confirmed. Yeah, that.
2: alarm is alarm is outstanding. And they said, they, they've got Alaba and also. Um, after they bought Martinez, I think gives him a little bit more stability because I think him and Schweinsteiger work very well. Martinez, you know, sits in front of the back four, gives Schweinsteiger a bit more um, freedom to go forward, and I think it's a very good partnership. And uh, you know, if you've got somebody in front of the back four, defensive minded player, you know, is taking a lot of responsibility of the back four.
0: And you look at the the, the striking options that they have. I know Mandzukic has been superb since he he came in. It you know, it, I, don't, I don't know if it was a gamble because he looked good you know, over at the European Championships, but he's just come in and hit the ground running, and if he's not scoring, goals, Mario Gomez, who's now recovered from his injuries, has, and and obviously then you've got the old war dog, uh, Claudio Pizarro, as well, haven't you?
2: Yeah, you yeah, have him, and, and uh, Thomas Muller, who I think has been top scorer up until last week, uh, Tillman Zoukic uh, scored a brace, Um, Reba, Re, Robin, can't in the, get in the team, Tony crows uh, they've got a, a lot of, lot of players there, and they work well together. I think sometimes when you get so many players and they are all stars in their own right. Sometimes they haven't got the chemistry that they want to play together or complement each other. With this bunch, whoever comes in, they work for the team, they pass the ball and they have to pass the ball, uh, and they they, they just enjoy playing their football. And I think this is a biggest strength the edge could give them this year by Munich, the manager leaving at the end of the season. I think they want to do this for the manager. I think the team feels that he's been a bit harshly treated because he didn't know that Guardiola was going to come to the club. And I think this could give them the little edge they didn't have last season.
0: Is there also the sense, as well, that they should put right what happened last May over in their own stadium in the Allianz Arena? Because they should have won that final comfortably. And, and I think, is that something that still grates on them?
2: Oh, of course it does, because mm. they, they also lost two years ago against an inter side that wasn't out of this world, mm. a, a, a very peaceable inter side. So they lost two finals. Uh, they didn't lose them against um, AC Milan or Man United or Barcelona. They lost them against two teams who were very beat- beatable on the day. And um, I, this is this is my only issue or question: whether the scars are how deep are the scars uh, that final last year left? Because if you don't win a game like this, uh, I think you start questioning whether you ever get a chance again. If you don't take a chance as, as they did have in that uh, in that final in May. That's the only question. Uh, if you look at the quality they've got, if you look at the squad, uh, I don't think they're any worse than any other team in their competition. Yeah.
0: Finally, Didi, I must ask you, how did Liverpool overturn that deficit against Zenit on Thursday?
2: Well, I think the fact that they played yesterday is a big boost. Uh, manager came up beforehand saying he's not too sure whether they should play on the Sunday. I think it gives them a far better chance now. If they didn't have a game yesterday or Sunday, I think it would have been very tough to to overturn the deficit after two two-nil defeats against mm. West Brom and Chakter, uh, Senate. Um, and they just need to go out. I, I, you know that better than me, but I think the Russians are not the best travellers. Yeah. When they when they come to uh, former Eastern European uh, countries, they don't like coming away from home, and especially to England. And we had a few Russian teams at Anfield, uh, and we, we mauled a few of them, uh, because you can tell when the game starts, they're not too, not, not too sure what's gonna, or what to expect or what's gonna and what's going to happen. And I think this is a big chance. I think if Sturridge was going to play, I'd be pretty confident they can overturn it. I think without him, it will be a lot harder uh, because we, we we will miss his pace. I think he's, a, he's been a, a valuable asset for the, for the team and the club in a short space of time. Um, but they need to go out and, and uh, try not to concede. That's going to be the most important thing, not to concede a goal. Hopefully Nick won it uh, in the in the first half, go in 1-0 at halftime, and then you need to see how the game develops. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm more confident after Sunday's game than I than I was before.
0: Did you always sense that the Russians weren't great travellers? I mean, they are notorious chokers away mm. from home. Did you always sense that when you played them?
2: Yeah, I do. I do. Not Most of the time, uh, you can tell... Uh, when the handshake come in the way that they shake the way they shake your hand the way they look at you or not look at you, um, you know, you can tell that five or six didn't want to be there. And uh, you know, it's always uh, well, for for us a very good sign. For them obviously not so good.
0: Well, it's another big week, Didi. Thanks for joining us. Really appreciate that. Pleasure, no problem. You uh, enjoy the football. I take it you'll be watching uh the Bayern-Arsenal game, and then you'll be watching Liverpool Thursday, won't you? I will
2: be. I'll be there. I'll be, I'll be going. Top man. Be enjoy,
0: good. Dede. Thanks very much for Thanks joining too, us. Brother. Take care. Thanks a so nice. lot. That's Dietmar Hamann joining us on Planet Football this evening, and what a great insight that is into the state of German football and the German clubs in the Champions League this week, and, of course, Liverpool against Senate on Thursday. And that's it for Planet Football this Tuesday evening. Thanks very much for being with us. We'll be back. Same back time, same back channel. Next Tuesday evening. Planet Football City Tour 105.9.